The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Well, this is News Talk. It is the Hard Shoulder. It's Anton in for Kieran, and I'm joined by Sean Defoe, News Talk's political correspondent, because obviously uh, the matters pol- political are going to be relating a lot to RTE this week, what of the PAC and the Media Committee. But we have just received the statement from the interim director, sorry, the interim deputy director general, Adrian Lynch, detailing the construction of the contract relating to the payments to Ryan Tuberty. And there is a lot of detail. And it is one of those things, Sean, that when you read it in black and white, despite much of it being already known, it's very stark when you go through it. Yeah, look, it really is. And when you go through the level of detail, in fairness, there is a lot of detail in here. They've gone in sort of year by year, the developing of the contract, how we got there from the, the commercial director in RT and the director general negotiating with Noel Kelly on behalf of, of Ryan Tuberty uh, and all the way up to the end. Now, it's important, I think, to say at the start that it is noted in one of the first paragraphs that uh, former director general Dee Forbes, uh, other than comments she provided to Grant Thornton in the course of the review, hasn't had the opportunity to respond to any of the details in this particular statement. And that that is important. She obviously said to the Oireachtas Committee earlier today through her solicitors she won't be appearing tomorrow uh, due to ill health and so she hasn't had any chance to challenge or disagree with the understanding of the position that is set out here but effectively she has been thrown under the bus in this particular uh, uh, this particular paragraph in Chapter 5 of this under responsibility it said no member of the RTE Executive Board other than the Director General had all the necessary information in order to understand that the publicly declared figures for Ryan Tuberty could have been wrong. They begin in a breakdown where they say, how does RTE typically negotiate the contracts of RTE's topmost highly paid on-air presenters? And they detail that how that is done. And then in the next heading, they say, what was different in the case of Ryan Tuberty's 2020 to 2025 contract? And they say, in this instance, the Director General was directly involved in aspects of the negotiations, as is clearly captured in the Grant Thornton Review. And they detail that effectively we have two deals being done side by side. Yeah, and this is what the Grant Thornton review found. So you had the deal being done on Ryan Tuberty's contract for providing radio and TV services. And that was replacing an existing deal, trying to get a 15% reduction in, in his fee. The, the uh, deal ran on. These negotiations started in 2020. So there was a discussion of an exit fee, for example, between the, the agent and the, the director general and a new contract being drawn up between 2020 and 2025 in which they would try to achieve a 15% reduction in his overall fee. Separately then, this commercial arrangement was put in place between the, the commercial partner, between RTE and then between uh, the agent as the, the tripartite, if you, if you like, of people who were coming together to put this uh, put this scheme in place. Uh, and ultimately, it goes on to say that after some pushback from RTE and at the behest of the agent, a guarantee was put in to say that if for whatever reason the commercial partner did want, not, not want to continue with the €75,000 payment, that RTE would underwrite it. One thing that isn't immediately clear uh, and in the, the review and granted we've only gotten this in the last few minutes is whether this part of the deal extended for the full lifetime of the contract i.e. 2020 to 2025 but obviously up to now the payments have only been triggered uh, for earlier years being 2020 and 2021. There are some questions answered that would previously have been left from previous statements one of which was there was this reference made in D Forbes' statement to a previous contractual obligation which she was attempting to resolve to save RTE costs and we had no detail on this. 
In this statement, it says, on the 19th of December, following a meeting between the Director General and the agent, the RTE CFO sets out a financial proposal to the agent which stated an offset of the exit payment due in his previous contract. So am I to understand from that, Sean, that effectively the cost that had to be offset was simply the cost of the previous contract coming to its end. That seems to be what this is, because the previous contract ran from September 2015 until August 2020. These negotiations obviously started in 2019, and on the 19th of December they were discussing that. So some sort of an exit fee for getting out of the previous contract, which obviously would have been for a higher amount, they trying to receive a reduction in that. That could be what D Forbes is referring to, certainly looks like it is. And then, as I mentioned, the 15% cut in fees from RTE, and then the commercial agreement, which was also entered in to. I think one of the most interesting things in the statement is right at the end, after that statement I mentioned that, that D Forbes could be the only one to have all the information. The statement goes into literally listing every single member of the executive board and saying why they couldn't have known or why they couldn't have been involved. Chief, uh, for example, the current chief financial officer joined RTE in January 2020. At that stage, key terms had been agreed and discussions were at an advanced stage. Director of audiences, director of of legal, director of operations and technology. RTE solicitor's office, for example, they say it provides legal advice in relation to contracts for RTE and take instructions from the business but doesn't have the authority to set or agree or approve the terms of any contract. Ryan Tuberty it mentions as well, saying Ryan Tuberty was not aware of the credit note provided by RTE to the commercial partner. This is the credit note that basically meant for the commercial partner it would be a neutral cost agreement, even though an extra 75000 was going to go uh, to Ryan Tuberty. So uh, there's a lot in here and a lot of it is pointing the, the blame in one direction towards D Forbes, who, as I said before, hasn't had a chance to defend herself, is not going to have a chance to defend herself at the Oireachtas Committee as well. But a lot of this being landed at her door as the person who would have had final sign-off. Now, there are other questions, again, not answered fully in this, because while Ryan Tuberty may not have been aware of a credit note, this being effectively the voucher handed back to Renault for the €75,000 that they were paying to him through his agent. It doesn't say that he was unaware of the splitting of his deal into a separate tripartite agreement and a commercial agreement. And we have a bit of a detail on how that emerged. On the 20th of March 2020, the agent, that being either Noel Kelly or an agent of yeah. Noel Kelly and Noel Kelly Management, responded to drafts from uh, the from RTE and enclosed a draft side letter stating that RTE will guarantee and underwrite the commercial agreement which had been part of ongoing discussions at this time. So we end up in a situation, if I understand this correctly, Sean, where the Director General and Noel Kelly are privy to the totality of this agreement and RTE ends up in a position where not only does it have to pay the €75,000, but in what I find it to be a fairly extraordinary revelation, it's paying the costs of hosting the commercial sponsors' events. Yeah, which, which ran to some tens of thousands. I think uh, the actual cost of the event being marked is around 31000 and then 48000 odd being marked down in the barter account. And there are other parts of the details about the negotiations that we didn't necessarily have before. So, for example, this tripartite agreement, as it's being called, between the commercial partner agent and RTE, uh, it was arranged by the commercial director of RTE at the direction of the director general, that being D Forbes. The arrangement was subject to a 
condition imposed by the commercial partner that it was to be cost neutral for the commercial partner. While it was at a draft stage, it was sent for approval by the Director General uh, and that ultimately the final aspects, um, the Director General, sorry, verbally agreed via a video meeting to underwrite the terms of this commercial arrangement. Present at the meeting was the Director General, two representatives of the agent and the RTE solicitor. The final aspect had been sought by the agents. So that's something that we were looking to get confirmed that it was Noel Kelly or his agents who looked to to get that part, the underwriting of the agreement uh, and that there had been significant pushback, it says, through RTE, but ultimately signed off verbally at that stage and then uh, eventually uh, by the Director General. And obviously at the start of the show, we offered that invitation to Noel Kelly to join us during the programme. He didn't respond to uh, our texts previous to the show, nor did he, uh, was he available last Friday. But again, that offer remains open. Emma um, Kelly is with us. She is the chair of the Dublin Broadcasting Branch of the NUJ. And of course, you will know her as RTE's education correspondent. And one of the things that Emma Kelly has been pointing to in the last number of days has been the anger and the sense of betrayal among RTE staff. I don't figure, Emma, that this statement is going to make that sense of betrayal any less? No, uh, no, it it won't, Anton. Um, I was listening with great interest to what you were discussing and the parsing and analysing you were doing because I haven't had a chance to look at it in such detail myself. There's a lot, uh, there there are elements that are unclear. There's a lot of figuring out to be done. But yeah, in terms of responsibility, it does appear to lay the blame um, at, at D Forbes's door, it says no member of the RT executive board other than the DG had all the necessary information in order to understand uh, the public, that the publicly declared figures for Ryan Tuberty could have been wrong. But then there were other elements further down that seem to sort of contradict us, maybe a little. Um, so certainly it's not going to assuage at the anger and the sense of betrayal out here. But also, I think listening to your discussion, uh, like I think uh, all the detail in this shows that just to that there should be no place for these kind of uh, commercial agreements, these kind of third party contracts um, in public service broadcasting. Um, I think and I think this is a view that would be shared by many of my colleagues. Um, this whole thing is incompatible with the values uh, that that certainly we stand for um, and that we've been talking about uh, over the past number of days. Um, and, and and going forward, we want that to be to be considered as as a part of any review into governance um, or the culture of of the organisation. The um, it, it, the statement has been fairly detailed in relation to those who did not have uh, involvement or knowledge of the the uh, side deal. We'd have to assume that it is extraordinarily unusual. I don't know from your perspective, Emma, but I have never heard of a situation before where a senior presenter is employed effectively in a twin track, where there is the contract for services and then where separate to that, there is an arrangement that only, I think, what one and a bit of people were privy to within the organisation and the uh, broadcaster's agent being the only other people privy. It seems extraordinary. It is extraordinary. Um, and when you think, I mean, in the newsroom, me and my colleagues, uh, there, there is such a level of scrutiny around things that we do outside of the workplace. Uh, recently, I was asked to record a short video for trainee teachers who are graduating in Mary Immaculate College. Um, and I had to ask for permission to do that. And my bosses came back to me and said, what are you going to be saying to them, Emma? And I had to tell them I'll be talking about uh, the importance of kindness 
Um, so that's the level of scrutiny uh, that is given to uh, to anything that I do outside of Orte, and rightly so. Uh, but at the same time, we have uh, this commercial agreement separate to uh, the other agreements, um, and um, you have Orte underwriting this commercial agreement. So really, I mean, people in Orte will will look at this, and it is it is more grist to our mill that there is one law. Uh, for 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 some people um, earning money out of RTE, and there are other laws for the rest of us. What about the trust in the organisation? Because one of the things that you have to do is you have to, in, in your instance, you are going up to Norma Foley or to whoever is the opposition spokesperson in education and you are challenging whatever policy statements they make, you're challenging whatever uh, decisions they make, you're challenging their oversight over the education system. And your colleagues across the organisation have to do the same thing. How much is that impacted by the public's knowledge of what RTE was up to, while at the same point being the organisation that is meant to challenge exactly this type of behaviour? Well, it is. It is. It has undermined hugely. Um, our ability to do our job. We have had a slogan for several years in the organisation, uh, which was truth matters. And that's a very important concept, especially in the, the times we're in, in terms of disinformation and fake news. Um, and it's a slogan we all stand behind, but it's hollow um, in corporate terms in RTE when you think of what what they were doing. I mean, publishing data that some uh, knew to be untrue. Um, you know, what does that say for truth matters? So it has made our job um, much more difficult um, and um, the public has every right uh, to, to to say, well, who, who are we to believe in RTE? Um, now, we're trying to get out from under that and we're trying to say to the public, uh, we are just as angry and devastated as you are and we are asking you to continue to trust us, the ordinary workers in RTE, uh, because you are the people who pay our wages, you are the people we work to serve and, and, and to us, truth does still matter. That's why we gather on the plaza outside RTE today, outside the admin building, um, to, to, to assert that value very strongly in terms of our ethical stance. Does the public have a right to expect that the two people who have been shown to have been the ones who arranged this deal, that being Noel Kelly and Dee Forbes, does the public have a right to expect that they would address this publicly? Yes, I think so. Absolutely, they do, yes. M.O. Kelly, thank you. That's M.O. Kelly, who is the chair of the Dublin Broadcasting Branch of the NUJ and, of course, RTE's education correspondent, Sean Defoe. RTE will now have to walk this statement and the facts that have been revealed into two Oireachtas committees, the Public Accounts Committee and the Media Committee. What do you expect the likely questions being put to them will be? I think there's going to be lots of questions even still out of this. I think there will be questions about how so much of this could be on the Director General's head and how other people are maybe unaware of it, including the uh, former commercial director who has said that her knowledge was limited to instructions from the Director General, even though she was aware uh, of the payments that we made. I think there will be questions about how the payments were made. For example, in the Grant Thornton uh, review, it says that they were described in the barter count as consultancy fees and that uh, this wasn't accurate because the talent didn't provide consultancy, that the uh, Uh, the instructions didn't mention the talent's name and that they were under the heading fees agreed by the Director General so there are immediate questions there and I also think there's going to be questions to the part that hasn't been addressed in this and is still subject to a Grant Thornton review which is the payments that were made to to Ryan Tuberty prior to 2020 which nobody seems to have any answer about be it uh, Dee Forbes be it the board at the time or be it anybody and the Taoiseach saying in the Dáil this afternoon that he doesn't understand why that should have to wait until we get a Grant Thornton review somebody knew what those payments were for and that should be made 
made public. So two fairly marathon days, it has to be said, over the next two days tomorrow at the, the media committee and then a Thursday at the public accounts committee, which I understand among the guests is going to seek to speak to the incoming director general, Kevin Backhurst, among 15 or 16 possible invitees. Sean Defoe, thank you very much. That is Sean Defoe, who is News Talk's political correspondent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.